0: This is a crowd podcast. You're listening to Fox Given, the one with Duncan Trussell. So, Duncan Trussell on Fuck's Given. <gasps> Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hi, and great to meet you. Oh,
1: it's. it's yeah, great to meet you. It's such an honor to have you on our little old podcast. Um, Florence and I have been, you know, let let us gush for a moment, huge fans, yeah, we, especially since uh, seeing the Midnight Gospel, which, I mean, was so moving and incredible. And, and thank you for bringing that out because it wasn't just. It wasn't just like an animated series, it was like a therapy session with each Episode that came out, and it was so amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it was really, really incredible.
0: And I, so I reached out to you after seeing you. I went to this uh, conference in Vegas where you did a live show. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was called Meat Delic, and it was all about <laughs> psychedelic wellness, which was yeah. super exciting and quite new to me, actually, because I've never been like someone that takes loads of drugs or anything. And saw your live show there, which was super exciting and amazing. Thanks. Like I think there were so many moments in that where my mind was completely like blown. I was like, this conversation is so great. I need to re-listen to this about a thousand cool. times. Thank you. You know, some people that are listening might not know who you are. So how would you introduce yourself?
2: Uh, well, I I have a podcast called the Duncan Trussell Family Hour podcast. Yeah. I'm a comedian and I made a show for Netflix called The Midnight Gospel.
1: Oh, beautiful piece ever. of work. Yeah, absolutely. Thank and you. I'm, I, I'm still... In shock that you allowed yourself to come on this podcast. Was there anything that kind of made you go like, "Yeah, this this looks okay"? We're, I think we're still so surprised.
2: Oh, I, I well, y'all just are, are really interesting and, and funny, and I just thought it'd be fun to <laughs> have have these conversations. You know, during yes. the pandemic, this for me has been my uh, socializing mm-hmm. is podcasting. You know, yeah. it's I and, I and I think if you're a podcaster, it's one of the lucky luckiest things ever because so many people are so hyper isolated right now you Mm -hmm. don't get the experience that we used to take for granted of just like you know sitting down with people and talking or going out to dinner as Mm -hmm. much or if you are going out to dinner there's all this like like creepy edgy thing you know that's happening where i don't know it's just spooky right now these are spooky times i don't know what it's like over there but over here it's a little it's spooky you know and it's awkward and it's just sort of Uh, wouldn't you say like in human history outside of the black plague this is the least sexy time in human history Just outside of the black
1: plague that was pretty sexy (laughs) (laughs) the
2: black plague well no you know they're wearing those crow masks or whatever it's fucked up you know i mean
0: like at the beginning of the pandemic, everyone was kind of isolated in their own homes. I mm-hmm. guess it's kind of similar now, but at least we can kind of go out and date people if you're single. But I remember I was single right at the beginning and I felt so like targeted by life because I was just like, wait, I have to stay inside my house alone yeah. Yeah. for all this time. And I can't have sex. Like I can't, what? Can't be yeah.
2: And, and you gotta, you know, that thing you would, when you're dating, you might get that fucked up phone call where someone's like, hey, I need to tell you, uh, you know, you need to go to the doctor. Yeah. I've got chlamydia, <laughs> yeah. you know, something like that. Now you get that call just from like being around somebody. Yeah. You know, like it's the, it's the so
1: same like, experience. Oh, my housemate, they have COVID. You should go yes. get yourself a test. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh my
0: god, yeah. I didn't even it's, ever put the two it's so together, it's exactly And the stigma as well, the
1: stigma is so similar where, it, I mean, actually, I would say that STI stigma is still so much bigger, but it's that yeah. weird mm. feeling of like, where did you get it from? And were you not being careful enough? And oh, that's so naughty. And now you're fucked and you have to go and tell everyone. That's so yeah. Yeah. naughty.
2: It's, it's, it's very, very similar. But at least, yeah. you know, if you get that phone call for somebody, that means you are fucking You know, so at least you were like having fun. This is like you're at the grocery store. Yeah. You know, you were you you like you pass someone on the street, so you don't even get that sense of like, well, you know, I was taking risks and being crazy. It's just a it's just a a bummer of a time. I'm not. I I don't. I mean, I'm I'm happy, but it's just an
0: annoying time. It's so. It's really annoying. It's really disruptive Mm -hmm. of life. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to sex and relationships, I think a lot of people that are in open relationships as well, as well have like suffered as well because they've been basically just stuck with one partner and haven't really been able to explore other avenues. And I don't know whether that's affected especially people's that's, relationships in that kind when of that's way. That's their
1: relationship style, sure. and they need that to have a successful relationship. It's um, yeah, it, it's to, uh, well, it's it's kind of fucked a lot of us up, and unsurprisingly yeah. as well but like everyone everyone's fucked but we should stop talking about covid i feel like this is like i did i
0: did want to ask though Mm -hmm. i did want to ask like how it was for you and your wife um during uh, the pandemic like did it affect your relationship because you have spoken about i was listening to your episode um with the lady from by philippe philippe
2: oh yeah alexander um
0: yeah, which was awesome. And you mentioned that you have used to have girlfriends with yeah. your with your wife. So how did that kind of affect your relationship?
2: Well, it. I mean, it. it's it was it's a, it's not just the pandemic. It's like it's that we right now we have a three year old and a one year old. And I guess it is the pan. I mean, it's. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I think it's similar the way that it's affecting everybody with with the addition of kids, you know, and in, in the sense that, it, you know, it's just like dating. It's really not that different from dating. You get to know somebody and, you know, it's just the exact same pattern really, except with two people. And, mm-hmm. but in this case, when you're juggling kids and trying to keep the kids from getting sick or, or in my job and all this stuff that, you know, all of, all of it, 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 it just, the time you have, like when you have kids, all the cliches you hear are true. Do y'all have kids yet? Do you have kids? Not yet. So all the cliches are true. Everything you hear about it. And so you have to, you schedule sex. You're going to start, even though in, like you, when you hear that, when you're deciding to have kids, you're like, that's not going to happen to us. Oh yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it fucking is. You're gonna schedule sex, which is truly like the, maybe the least romantic thing no. that could possibly happen. And then um, a lot of the spontaneous romantic stuff, you have, to, you have to take it up as a kind of practice, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? And that includes having other partners or dating or any of that stuff. It's it, it, so, yes, it has affected us like on every level, just the, the way it's affecting everybody. It's a brutal time. Yeah. For parents, you know, and a and and yeah, but we are, but also it's a it, we've evolved and we've you know really seen each other's shadow sides and you know we we love each other and we you you get a kind of you, we feel very proud in the sense that we were able to get through all the bullshit yeah, mm-hmm. that has happened to us and so many other people during the last few years.
0: How, was it like the most time you ever spent with each other?
2: Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes,
0: and and you know it's and that's hard.
2: It's like it's hard to spend time with yourself, yeah. you know. So if it's hard to spend time with yourself, then it's going to be hard for other people to spend time with you too, yeah. and it's going to be hard for you to spend time with them. And so, yeah, it's a, you know, it it has been a real practice in patience and forgiveness and therapy yeah. and <laughs> all this stuff just to make sure that we, uh, are you know you don't want to just get by, you want to thrive, you know? So it's, you know, we've had to, you just have to like, if you have kids, it's really important. I think that you work on yourself Mm -hmm. Uh, because if you don't work on yourself, then you're going to infect the kids with whatever you are infected with from your folks, you know? So having kids is this cool opportunity to, um, I don't know, sounds cheesy, but to sort of heal your, whatever the trauma of your ancestors is you can you can heal that a little mm-hmm. bit not yeah, all so the way
0: that- yeah, that's what they were talking about at the Meat Delic conference, actually, in one of the talks about like how our DNA kind of carries like 14 years of ancestry. And, you know, you really do have to do like the healing of all the, the trauma so that you don't pass it down in your DNA to your children. And that just makes so much sense. It really sense. does. Yeah. It,
1: it seems unbelievable, but it makes so much sense. Like all the, a lot, I'm sure a lot of the trauma that we all carry is just from our parents' trauma and their parents' mm. trauma. Yeah. Um, I just I can it's almost like see it so clearly I can see myself whenever I'm in um, a state of fight or flight or I get frustrated I just turn into my mum straight away and I'm like no I try and be <laughs> <not>. <laughs> yeah, try we all to just battle. turn into our parents yes, yeah I, that's I think right at our worst times but we just have to remember we're also taking the good parts of our parents as well which is important
2: yeah that's it. And you can, that's what's great is once you start recognizing what the, the there it wasn't all bad. Mm-hmm. There is good stuff there. And then you start also, there's something very liberating about realizing that, you know, you're not a bad person. You're just a person who learned a, a set of um, defense mechanisms. Mm-hmm from people who are terrified i mean you know and and freaked out as a lot of parents are you know and and so that's for me has been really liberating and you know thus therapy therapy's great so you you know and uh, having kids uh, it's given me the greatest reason ever to to do that kind of work
1: Yeah. That's really beautiful. Um, also, shout out to your mum. I mean, she was only on, was it one or two episodes of the Midnight one Gospel? One episode, One, ep- one episode, episode. And I learned yeah. so much in just that short space of time. Like I still think about the sentences she said, and it has mm. really impacted my life and who I am. So like, shout oh, out to you. mama.
0: <laughs> Wherever you
2: may
1: be, Where to all the moms, be.
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. That was such a good moment. I actually had a funny, I don't know if this is like a bad segue from Segway. that comment, but like, well, it's kind of, it's not because it's about Midnight Gospel, but I had like a really um, funny experience whilst watching Midnight Gospel. Cause I got like, I don't really smoke that much weed. And I had this moment like where I was going through this breakup and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna go get smoke and like really fucking chill out but my friend was like yeah you should smoke pure because that's like how i smoke <laughs> and it's like the best way to do it um i found some really cheap weed in brighton which nice. is like a seaside town in the uk and i was like 10 pounds for this weed. Whoa. so cheap and um wait wait what did you say a tenner 10, ten pounds 10 pounds how much you was bought it? 10 pounds of brighton weed <laughs> Oh no! Not the weight, like the like the amount of money oh, it costs.
2: Money, yeah. Oh, oh my god! You are blowing <laughs> my mind. Like you're going out. Like what were you carrying it in? Is it as a suitcase?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, no. The no, ten, 10 pounds, pounds of weed of is like ten pounds shitty weed. Yeah, ten pounds probably like a tenner's worth is like a, a like a, a joint's worth. Okay. Not even a I joint. I got you.
0: My, I'm like so blunt. sorry. I get it. it now. It was a swear. small amount. Yeah. But um, well, no, actually, it wasn't. I. I think I made, like, three joints on it. I don't know. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, I, yeah, so I smoked this weed in the garden. And first of all, it was amazing. I was eating this donut. And I was like, this donut is the best donut I've ever tasted in my whole life. Wow. And um, suddenly, I was like, you know what? I'm starting to feel a little bit too high. So, um, like, things started moving in a weird way. So I thought, you know, I'll lie on the grass, look up at the clouds. That's what people do when they're high, right? And, um... (laughs) So I did that, and then my face started expanding and melting all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, fuck, this sucks, (laughs) (laughs) this is horrible. Um, So I was like going through in my mind about like what people do when they're high to try and like, I was like, how can I make this like a great experience? And what did I do? I was like, I'll put on the Midnight Gospel. Oh, wow, cool which was quite um, hard to follow actually at that point.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah, I don't know if that was the right choice. Hot bath maybe, a jog helps, you know. I mean,
0: people say um, too, I I feel like people have said about Midnight Gospel that it's, you know, like all the animations and stuff, it is very psychedelic Mm -hmm. and it's very like of that world. So that's why I assume that it'd be a good viewing. Well, I mean,
1: we live, we learn, trial and error. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it still was a
0: great viewing. No,
2: thank you. I appreciate it. I, you know, the whole take a psychedelic and then watch a psychedelic thing, which I have tried many, many times uh, throughout my uh, life. And yeah, inevitably there's some moment where I think I just should be outside mm. or, you know, like I should be in a quiet place or something like that. But I don't think there's any right way or wrong way. To t- mm. In fact, I think the most important thing about psychedelics is to let yourself explore everything just to see just to see the differences and i'm honored that you just you in that moment you picked the midnight gospel thank you
0: you talk about psychedelics and drugs and stuff like that in a really amazing way and i think in like a spiritual way you have a really great relationship with with them how has your experience been with sex and drugs Oh, I've had
2: so many great experiences. Uh, You know, once, a long, long time ago, I took the, it was the best LSD I've ever had in my life. (laughs) And um, had sex. And we were having sex. And it's the strangest experience. We've had a lot of weird drug experiences. But this one in particular was very odd in that I stopped being a, Person and became uh, like a village, and, <laughs> and, and 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 was like and, and was like simultaneously this village and these women going down to this river with clay pots and putting Whoa. the water in the clay pots and bringing them uh, wow. up to the village. And I I, I came seven times, to- I think seven times, like which Whoa. was in- insane. It didn't make For any guy, sense. That's like impossible seemingly impossible are we talking about how could that be happening
1: ejaculate or we talking like you know like well i
2: wasn't looking you know at the time i was like i wasn't like hey let me see if there's more cum coming out i was very high i was very high i wasn't measuring to see my guess would be at some point that must have stopped dried up uh like how much can you have inside of you i I don't know but that was a really powerful weird experience i think about from time to time i think i think um yeah, you know, marijuana the kind of sex you have is incredible. It's, mm-hmm. It it's but with LSD uh the, there's a, a potential there to sort of I th- I think maybe. Like, do you ever play around with the idea that the experience of the orgasm is not limited to the human n- n- body, to human biology, Abso- but in fact Absolutely. Yeah, right. Yeah. That it's a, a sort of universal um yeah uh v- vibration or a universal sort of um experience that that you know uh, rivers are having and trees are having and when the oh, wind me. you know that it's e- that it's everywhere and we just think that it's in us when we experience it. and it, obviously it is i'm not saying that like there's some physiological component behind having an orgasm but i wonder <laughs> if there's something more I wonder wonder if we're tuning into something in those moments when you're having an orgasm because Mm -hmm. it is literally the experience of human beings coming into this world. I mean, obviously not all the time. A lot of times it's (laughs) like... Human beings <laughs>
1: coming into a napkin. That's but amazing. You know what I mean. I, I feel like Florence. Yeah. Like so, sometimes, like when we met up on Monday, and sometimes because yeah. we Florence and I we microdose um, shrooms, and we've been doing that now for what, a couple of months now, and it's been pretty mm-hmm. pretty amazing. And those days where we're yeah. like, yeah, I just took my shroom pill, and don't you feel like that over overbearing sense of like like love and excitement for the world. Maybe that's like a little joint orgasm that we're having or something. Because we've had them at the same time. Like the first one, when you were at the festival, you tried a mushroom pill and then I had my trip. Then the next day, it was like Mm. the next week we were both like, oh my God. It almost felt like an orgasm of some kind. Just like, what the fuck, this world is just so incredible.
0: yeah Yeah. like when you're
1: out in nature and you
0: just see everything you're just like wow yeah what is this place like i'm so grateful to be here like look at that caterpillar like running across the path like look at the trees look at the sun like i don't know so yeah kind of that's like that euphoria Mm -hmm. that you feel in orgasm yeah 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 and
2: and and yeah i i it's an interesting thing to uh if you can, you know, it when, generally when you're having an orgasm, you're just, hopefully, you're just having an orgasm, you know? It's like there's not a, you're not being some like orgasm scientist or something like that. I'm not recommending <laughs> that. You're going to seem like a
1: complete asshole. If, I would like you're to uh, when you're do science on sin- your orgasm. I, 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 let me take notes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please open my. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm sure people have done that.
2: Well, they have. I mean, there's been a lot of studies yeah. on it for sure. I yeah. mean, it's such a, it's, and, you know, just from purely from, the idea that you know the sort of materialist idea that you know the ideas we're just supposed to reproduce that's the job and humans invent all kinds of stories about what the mission is in life to spread love or joy or help or get rich or whatever but Mm -hmm. your dna is is just like sure whatever helps you sleep at night the idea is to make more (laughs) of us that's it nothing else really matters but from that perspective if that is the primary motivation in the sense that if people just stop having sex there's no more humans then the orgasm is really interesting in that it's like you know nature's way of luring you into making more of you so in that sense there's something really cool just that alone mm, not any of this yeah. spiritual bullshit, but just that you are experiencing a kind of uh, evolutionary like gravity well it pulls yeah. people in and yeah. makes more people and when you're having an orgasm think of like in that moment how many millions of
0: people are coming at the same time <laughs> like at any given moment so you could just like clock into that like joint yes orgasm exactly
2: yeah when you're coming you're coming with an entire spectrum of people from like Probably people yeah. in like temples doing some kind of tantric like sex work all the way down to like the loneliest human on earth just <laughs> co- coming so in their beautiful. basement in a pile of garbage <laughs> or something you know like animals, dogs like Every, you know everything, you know, like, <laughs> I- everything. <laughs>
1: So Duncan, please explain a little bit about your relationship with sex. Like what kind of sex education you had and what was your journey through until now? Sex education? Mm-hmm. If you had that.
2: Well, yeah, okay, sure. That's a cool, that's a really funny, that's a fun question. So, well, my mom was a psychologist. So, oh, you know, she she started and she was pragmatic about sex because she, she understood like, she understood that a teenager is, is probably gonna have sex. Like that, that, if your plan with your teenager is to tell them not to have sex or ignore what's happening, then you could end up with a grandkid before you want one. So. <laughs> yeah, basically. So I can remember uh, when, I, when I got into high school, my mom just, I came into my room and there was like a box of condoms <laughs> that she left. <laughs> My, yeah, we basically say, look, if if you're gonna fuck, you gotta wear these. You you know, and that's a smart thing to do because I think when you're people that age, they don't under they. There's no chance that they're going to be able to control themselves enough to not like maybe get somebody pregnant. So I I don't know if I would call my mom sex positive, like the term that people are using right now, but certainly not afraid of it and definitely like made me n- not afraid of it or helped me not have like a, a lot of the hangups i think that yeah. people have about it um as far as like sex education goes you know we have sex education here in in school but it's like very biological and like they've really figured out a way to, to- I mean, they have to. What are you going to do? Have, like, an erotic sex education <laughs> class for kids in high school? You can't. That's fucked up. So they, you know, they, they they have to, like, completely sterilize it and turn it into some kind of incredibly boring thing. Um, mm-hmm. So as far as, like, my relationship with sex, I, I love sex. I, it's, you know, I I think I've had it. It would be hard to imagine that I've only had like one kind of relationship with it, though. You know, I think it sort of changes oh, yeah. over time, just depending on who your partner is or where where you're at with your consciousness. And so, yeah, I don't know. I think I've been through a, uh, various phases. How has it evolved? Like, well, yeah, it. So, it's not like it's some. At some point, it went from. Um, I think it's gotten increasingly less materialistic, if that makes sense, you know, less, um, I don't know how to put it. I don't want to sound like I'm virtue signaling. At some point when you're, when you, when you're, okay. So this is the pattern that I I've, I've noticed in my own life. So it's like, you have a partner and you, you know, learn to have sex with that person and it's wonderful. And then, to, you know, inevitably, the relationship begins to disintegrate, because generally, unless you're going to get married and have kids, and even if you do get married and have kids, you still there's still the possibility of this disintegration. But generally, yeah. there's a kind of entropy that happens in relationships, even though you don't want to think about that in the beginning phase of the relationship. When you're looking at them, you're like, "Oh my God, I'm going to be with you for this is the most incredible sex I've ever had in my life." Holy shit, we found each other. And then something starts happening. It takes a turn. Gradually. Uh, disintegrates especially if you're not working on yourself and especially if you're not like looking what's happening right in the eye and then you break up and then i've noticed whenever that has happened with me then you i go into like some kind of fuck period do you all know what i'm talking about where <laughs> the you break
0: phase. Yeah. the whole phase right <laughs> yes
2: the whole phase so i never call, I never called it that so then <laughs> so now all of a sudden you're you're like fucking all the time and yeah um and you you're hanging. And, probably the people you're hooking up with are also in a hoe phase, you know? And so yeah. uh both of you are sort of on some level probably acknowledging like we're just we're fucking right now and it's fun. It's incredible. And um mm-hmm. but also it's so lonely. And <laughs> it's isolating
1: like, and yeah. it's so and so, is, so yeah. much shit sex is had because you just keep going uh-huh. like onto the next one, onto something better, onto better. And you're you're wishing and waiting for something Great to pop up, but it doesn't because that yeah. takes time. Yeah. Exactly. Well, like the
0: most amazing sex is when you have like a real connection mm-hmm. with someone. Ex- so, yes, face sex is you know it is kind of empty sometimes. Serves a
1: purpose, but eh. yeah,
2: it serves a purpose. But there is this I, I like, but that emptiness when you don't resist it, and you that's where you can really go into like hell. You know the movie Hellraiser. Like that's where like. You can go into like you could become like a cinnabite or one of those like you know a pinhead thing you know what i yeah. mean where you're like oh yes they turn me on
1: so much they're like i'll tear yeah. your soul apart and they're like yeah whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, it's just uh, oh my god i've never seen this <laughs> it's just spooky that. film you might not like
2: it <laughs> yeah that <laughs> clive barker was such a freak man and so but you so that so to, you know in those shat- in the in the sh- in those shadowy phases uh-huh. there's something really if you don't resist it you can find this really beautiful place there that is i wouldn't want to hang out there forever but there's something real real about it and pure and incredible and uh, you know and also because like i generally in those periods, it's not just like I'm in a hoe phase, as you put it, but usually <laughs> I'm I'm getting so high and like I'm usually like just partying, and so sadly, this is I think is a sad reality of the hoe phase. I don't know about you, but when mm-hmm. I look back and try to remember those moments, they're kind of foggy. You know, there's like the, it's like mm-hmm. they're the, even the memories are shadowy
0: or something, and so. Yeah. I feel like I'm going through a whole phase at the moment because I went through a breakup like maybe six months ago. Okay. So I'm in that moment now. So I'll have to get back to you on that one.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, try. I mean, you know, I don't know, take notes. Have a little notebook yeah. next yeah. to your bed or something and write it down so you yeah. can remember. Because I, th- I think that there's a reason we don't remember those, those moments. There's something really incredible about it because mm-hmm. there's a, a, a dreamlike quality to it. Also, mm-hmm. if you find yourself in a hoe phase, uh, then you, you probably have a little bit of a broken heart yeah, too. Yeah, you know? I was gonna and say, so- is, it,
1: is it potentially like a protective measure that our brains do because we're maybe having sex for the wrong reasons, looking for intimacy or looking for something more and we don't. So it's like a protective measure to be like, oh no, you didn't just fuck like 50 people. That's all a dream, don't worry. <laughs>
2: yeah right it could be it could be that you don't want to accept that you are that that, that you're like that or you have some mm-hmm. ego fantasy that you're somehow like hmm. different than than that or and, and also you're probably you know depending on how you're raised you might really feel guilty about yeah the fact that you're having True. sex all the time and so i think a lot of people struggle with that too so there's that which again that goes back into like I, I do think there's something to be said for really f- looking at those feelings that you're having uh, that are, or are, are where you're feeling guilty about sex mm-hmm. or whatever, it, it, like really in, like pl- enjoying them or working with them, you know, mm-hmm. because there's something so cool about that. There's something so like, there's something so weirdly fun about feeling like ashamed about sex. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's cool. It's, it's, And you don't. And really, you know, depending on how your life unfolds. You never know. You don't know how many of those sex phases you're going to get. The hoe phase. So if you're in a hoe phase. This is true. Yeah. Enjoy it. Enjoy the hoe phase. Enjoy yeah. the shadows. Invite the Cenobites. I mean, obviously be safe.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Don't
2: open
0: portals into hell that you can't close. But open a few hell portals. I, I definitely relate to that. Because I think that once you do get into like a long committed relationship, part of you does miss that. Ability and like freedom mm. that the Ho phase gives you to just kind of like really be your like your, your like darkest self. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I think oh, you're yeah. right about
1: not hiding away from negative thoughts and feelings. Uh, like I, I love feeling jealousy. It's a it's a feeling I don't feel often. And so when I feel jealous, I'm like, what is going on? Let me unpack mm. that. Why am I feeling jealous? <laughs> yeah. What is that insecurity that I'm not mm. that I haven't noticed or that's coming out? I I. I think we should maybe be more honest about the negative feelings we have. And yeah, like you said, embrace them, enjoy them. Like the shame stuff, like, you know, us being so open about sex and masturbation and porn. And yeah, I still go and have a shame wank. I will still watch a bit of porn that I feel like maybe wasn't ethical enough, I didn't pay for, or maybe was just so extreme that I still haven't really let my brain accept and process as something that is, is okay to be into and then i will be like oh my god I hope no one looks at my history browser oh I would die if like you know I have my porn buddy when I die I need someone to come along and delete all my porn before my parents find it yeah. all of that stuff um, especially me having or just coming out about my tickle fetish that I've had all my life and I have hidden it and being so shameful of it yet with with what we do with come curious being like own you know own everything about you and it's okay to be into these things and then yet I'm still having to hide this huge part of me and like where does that come from no one told me to feel shameful of that I almost created that myself
2: Mm. Um, I mean, isn't that what's great about fetishes? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, do we really want to unshame our fetishes? Like, isn't that kind of part of what's well, cool is. about it? Is it, you're like, what's wrong yeah. with me? It is, i think it, turns you on, <laughs> it almost, like,
1: turns you on more. Now I feel like I'm getting yeah. satisfied with my fetish. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I don't really, like, look at porn about it anymore. Like, I'm kind of just like, yeah, cool. I'm not there just like, oh, this my God, I'm losing so my fucking true. mind. I need this so badly. It's like, I have it there. And yeah. it's like, maybe i wouldn't say as fun but as as powerful
0: yeah
2: i i i, I, we were, I, I, we were I like it, it though day. i like i'm sorry to you. i like the theory the theory i, I don't for, on, so i think there's different types of shame there's shame that is ruining your life mm-hmm. and there's shame mm-hmm. that is like being disconnected from your true identity and uh, it's like you if if uh, it's like you know when you twist a garden hose You're doing that to your entire energetic system, all this energy being put into denying or ignoring some aspect of yourself, whatever it may be. And so that's bad. That's bad like that. And I think that's bad in the sense of, um, you know, like what you're saying, you're not getting to really be your true self. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. you're living in the world in a kind of scared way. But then there's like other kinds of shame, like what you're talking about, where you're like, what the fuck did I just look at on my phone? <laughs> like, what did I just do? You're like, you know, you're you're coming down from your orgasm and just feel like thinking like, wow, that was fucking crazy. That was fucking <laughs> That's where I'm at now. <laughs> it's so... So to me, there's something fun, there's something fun about that, you know, yeah, yeah, so I know what you mean, but yeah, it's, I I get the, if you need to come out of the closet, you should come out of the closet, Hmm. but maybe there's something fun about having like a few like the shadowy crevices that you like to hang out in those are cool too and also <laughs> yeah. i've noticed my shadowy crevices change over time yeah you know what i mean like like yes. like it's, uh, you, the, i think sometimes people they get too attached to their fetishes mm-hmm. you know what i mean i think fetishes can go can be replaced or even mm-hmm. you can infect yourself with a new fetish well, if I, you want to i yeah. would
1: argue that kinks can be replaced but a fetish can't just because of think, what, a, what a fetish is. The psychological, like, it, a, a fetish is generally part of your identity. But a kink, yeah, I think that can change. And okay,
2: but let's talk about identity for a mm-hmm. second. Because that is changeable, isn't it? Like, if the identity is malleable, the identity isn't constant. The identity isn't lasting. And certainly the identity, uh, uh, if it is the sum total of all your habits and your personality traits and all of your experiences and memories then this is a thing that isn't really solid at all that Mm. is every new experience could change your identity and um even so so in that sense i i i think well maybe you could say fetishes are sort of more hardwired into you than other things but and i and i'm not suggesting that you should unravel your fetishes. And in fact, I would say don't. Like Why? They're awesome. Are you fucking kidding? It's like a sexual superpower.
0: You know what it, I mean? It, like it turns you on like the, like how are you ever going to get that turned on? Yeah. If yeah. You've, if you sort all that shit out, how are you going to feel that horny? That's what,
1: that's what I mean. I feel, I, <laughs> I feel like yeah. me finally coming out about this, like I have now mm. hit my, my, my full sexual whole self, especially because it, I mean, sex is so different from person to person person some people could take it or leave it other people it's it's their whole lives and so for Mm. this fetish to be the the main thing that turns me on the main thing that makes me orgasm and enjoy pleasure and then not being able to talk to anyone about it for the majority of my life and and now being able to now jumping that gun I feel like I have finally reached my I don't want to say sexual peak because I know it's just going to get better but I, I feel like I never Baby knew. You have. Yeah, it could be, that's <laughs> it, I'm done, I'm washed up now, I'm gone. <laughs> um, but I finally yeah. met my full satisfied self, a person I never thought I could get to or be. Yeah. And like now that there's endless possibilities of how far it can go, especially when sex is mm, like a huge part of my life. Again, my identity, it's my career, it's our yeah. jobs, it's everything we think about. And I feel like, yeah, that, that I ne- I needed to be honest and open about that, otherwise it was going to eat me up inside. Sure,
2: yeah, yeah, I get it. I mean, yeah, that's the that is I think one of the real peculiar uh, qualities of of sex It's like here you have this thing that is, um, you know, the, the it's the force of human existence in, yeah. the, in the in the universe. It's the progenitor. It's what makes us obviously, mm-hmm. and yet. Maybe it's because it's too powerful or something, and that's why. Maybe there's a sense of like it feels dangerous or something. I, 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 I love thinking about that though. You know, like how mm. much of like feeling weird about sex or awkward mm. about sex or cringy about sex or just generally. Like well, that's not what we talk about. Yeah, Uh, yeah. How much? How much of that is? Is that a genetic trait? Clearly not, because in some in many cultures, it's like, it's almost the opposite. It's such a normal thing. They don't even, not even celebrated. Just like drinking water or something, you know, Mm. no big deal. Yeah, like, don't you get the sense that a byproduct of the what happened in human history where all these various forms of like repressive religions were practiced that that what it did was open up a world of fetishes Mm. and a world of shadows and a world of like so true would Cenobites exist (laughs) without the catholic church no would would they would would they exist would any of this stuff be like a, a mode of expression if there wasn't some force attempting to repress it in the most horrific way.
0: I think you're right. I think sex is is too powerful of a tool for like, that's why we have been pushed down and like there has been, you know, such stigma, shame, taboo like put around it. Because if we were all so in touch with our sexual identity, then we'd all be like these really like powerful, confident beings. And that's too much for like capitalism. (laughs) Like they're like, capitalism like wouldn't work. Like the way we want to rule the world wouldn't work if, if people were all these like really powerful beings.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think. Yeah, I think it. Like any sort of, you know, you know, it's one of the ways to control people, isn't it? If if, like, give them a sense that they have secrets that they can't talk about. Give them a sense that there's something hidden in them that you know you can see, and then you can control them, blackmail them, and emotionally (laughs) manipulate them if you want to. You know, by just some sense that you're going to like disclose their. Secrets, you know, or they even, you know, or they only, you're the only one who understands it. It's really fucked up. Yeah. That, that, that aspect of sex. I mean, that's the other really fucked up thing about sex, isn't it? Is that it, it, uh, people, you know, really can use it as a tool of control, of mind control.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Definitely. Now,
1: now to, I I have to ask you, okay, this is, this may be jumping into the future, but what are cryptic erotic stories?
2: Oh! Thank you for mentioning that. Oh my God, that's so cool. Yes. So um, I have a Patreon where uh, fans of the podcast hang out, and we are. uh, I realize like we should just collaborate uh, because, you know, we hang out a few times a week, and they're also brilliant. So uh, we have written a a book of of cryptid, which is like Bigfoot, uh, the Loch Ness monster probably say santa claus like any kind of mythological creature (laughs) uh uh we've written a book of erotic short stories you know
0: (laughs) i love this and and yeah it's
2: uh, these uh, you know i was really like blown away because a lot of they're really good writers so they're are you publishing yeah we're publishing i'm i'm at yeah and we're gonna give all the money all the proceeds are going to a charity we haven't we're gonna vote on that soon oh amazing so so we but um yeah you know my wife and i were driving home from a trip and i'm like looking through i don't remember how i discovered it i i, I found a, a series of books called come for bigfoot that were
0: <laughs> Wait, what?
2: massively successful massively successful and it's basically it's it's bondage porn where bigfoot is kidnapping women in the forest and taking them back to some cabin and just Whoa. fucking them and oh, fucking them and my,
0: this sounds oh my like god. my dream. This is what I was just thinking. Read with her foot fetish and her bondage fetish. Oh my god, <laughs> oh, you will that love Big it. foot
2: in my face while I'm tired. Oh my god, perfect. You're gonna love yo, it's and that <laughs> was the funny part. My wife and I were listening to it, because it's sarcastically. We're like, come yeah. on, this is come for Bigfoot, let's listen to this bullshit. <laughs> So we're listening to it, and then somewhere in it, we're looking at each other like, "Are we getting turned? We're getting turned on right now." <laughs> oh, yeah. Like what? It, like it's embarrassing because it's the dumbest, dumbest shit you've ever heard, and especially the whichever one we, we read, like the. The, I think the only thing Bigfoot says in it is
0: come, but whoever's
2: read I swear, but whoever's reading it makes Bigfoot's voice it, Bigfoot should be like, calm.
1: So this but is an whoever, audio book you're listening to this.
2: Well, you already listened to it. there's like there's I think 10 ten come for Bigfoots I can look it up. Wow if you want. We need, like, I need me,
1: a link immediately, please. <laughs> but,
2: but that inspires so is, is it basically
0: audio porn? Well, it's a book I mean it's
2: audio, audio porn. Literature. it is audio porn. But you can also get the book too uh come for bigfoot volume one books one through five (laughs) uh let's see yeah there it's um it's amazing like the covers are just it's victoria virginia wade Mm -hmm. you should have her on the show actually she yeah she seems really cool and smart Um,
0: oh yeah but yeah they don't they're
2: just called come for bigfoot you know i'll I'll read your description of one this is come for bigfoot volume two Book six through 10. Kidnapped by horny ape-like creatures in Mount Hood National Forest, Porsche, Shelley, and Leslie find themselves in a lusty situation as a tribe of Bigfoots use their willing, nubile bodies to satisfy their monster cocks. How can Porsche <laughs> leave all of this behind and return to civilization? When she's in the arms of her Sasquatch, warm and snuggly in his matted fur, the only thoughts going through her mind are of utter bliss. But challenges abound for the (laughs) star-crossed lovers, including Leonard's head injury. I think that's the name of Bigfoot is Leonard. Leonard's head injury, a devastating (laughs) wildfire, (laughs) and a sexy forest ranger named Mike. Will these obstacles shatter Ooh. the growing love between an ape and its mate, or will true love triumph? Oh,
1: this is wow! Beautiful. I, I love yeah. this. So I mean, I love monster yeah. monster erotica and porn anyway. I just don't think we have enough of it. But this just sounds magical. Sounds great. Yeah. What
0: What are the um? What are your like most favorite um, mystic? Cr- wait, cryptic cryptids. Um, cryptic
2: cryptids. <laughs> It sounds like
0: cryptic. <laughs> oh, it is it not is crypt- cryptid.
2: cryptic? Am I, am I... It's cryptid. Cryptids. 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 Yeah, cryptids.
0: Oh, what are the? So, what is your oh. favorite cryptid story that someone's written about? Like, which mystic animal
2: or uh, well, creature? I haven't, I haven't honestly. I haven't read all of them because the book's over a hundred pages. But we oh, did wow. read some during our gatherings. And yeah, uh, I'm not gonna pick favorites, but the one that sticks into my mind right now is. A short story about a guy trying to commit suicide by jerking off. What? Wait, <laughs> like he's gonna cum so- himself to death or something? And then somewhere in there, I believe there's an encounter with Satan. Um, <laughs>
0: oh wow! Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: And I think and Satan does count as a cryptid for sure.
0: Fuck. Oh that sounds these just sound that's pretty that's pretty dark and sad to be
1: honest that's a
2: horrible worst way i've ever heard of committing suicide the worst
1: yeah
0: how would that even
2: work i mean you'd have
1: to wank your dick off and bleed to death surely like how how else well i have
2: heard (laughs) of a form of epilepsy where you you, you you come um you come so much you can die like you go and yeah like you just or you it's like a never-ending orgasm it's a seizure that manifests as as a as an orgasm and it can kill you or it can like yeah i don't know know if that's true though it's been a while since i looked into that that before i have heard about
1: people not being able to stop coming when suddenly they start coming and we've seen shows of it and people are so Mm. full of shame because they're literally like hanging out with their kids and then they like come and they're like oh god um is
2: that weird like, people are ashamed of coming. Like, you could sneeze these motherfuckers, especially these days. Sneezes are so loud. Yeah. These days. You will hear a sneeze from a block away, and everyone's like, What the fuck's wrong but, when you don't sneeze yeah, yeah. Or a in cough. public? Yeah. Free sneezers, free yeah. coughers. But if we, like, <laughs> ejaculated or had orgasms like we sneeze, you're right. Mm-hmm. Like, if people would h- try to hide it, it would be, it's so funny. Yeah, that should be so- celebrated.
0: Yeah. So before we do have to wrap this up, which I don't want to at Mm -hmm. all. I feel like I could talk to you absolutely all day. Thank you. Um, Would love to ask you your fuck off story.
2: Yes,
1: please.
0: Sure. Um, Okay.
2: So uh, this. So after actually after my mom passed away, I was I was like, you know, like in just I don't know what you even would call it like grief shock or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, you know, even there's a lot of ways that grief manifests, and I, I think that some of them are, get talked about more than others. But mm-hmm. one of the ways grief can show up is like just this ins—you can become insanely horny. And, <laughs> wow! Incredible! And, what the fuck? Yeah, and and uh, you know, well, you, what I think the reason is is because you're in so much pain
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: that you're just looking for any distraction Asculism. to. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Right. And so, so, you know, this is why the, all, there's so many avenues people take to try to do something about feeling, well, yeah. it, feeling well, that. Pleasure is
0: the opposite of pain as well. So it kind of makes sense, like literally giving yourself the antidote to the pain. Is that yeah. why we turn
1: into like fucking rabbits after we've had a breakup because we are in pain and we're like, oh, I, I just want to yeah. fuck myself through this. I think yeah. so.
0: Yeah, I think
2: so. It's a grief. I think some of that's a grief response. Mm-hmm. and um. Uh, and, and and maybe that, and you just, over time, you realize that, that it's not, it's like, it's like throwing a cup of water on a wildfire or something, but try, <laughs> you never know, it's worth it. I mean, I think, that, again, this is like, if you do find yourself in one of these, what'd you call it, a hoe phase? You if you do find yourself in a hoe phase, you really should <laughs> like, uh, I think it's important to understand that they don't last, so mm-hmm. enjoy it while you're you're there. But, mm-hmm. When I, so this was, I wouldn't call it a hoe phase, but I was in a hotel room, downtown LA, completely depressed and completely horny. And so I was going on, what's that? It's a fetish website called FetLife. Yes. And I'm sort of digging through it because I'm so horny and I want a dominatrix. I want someone mm-hmm. to like beat the shit out of me. Nice. Wow. And so I... um. Or at least, like, hurt me a little mm-hmm. bit. Just a little so, bit. So, <laughs> I, 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 f- I find this dominatrix, um, and, you know, I've, like, I've had a, a myriad of weird, I've, tr- I've tried so many strange forms of sex, and, you know, obviously with BDSM, it's like, there's a million versions of it. Millions mm-hmm. and trillions. That's one of the beautiful things about it, is the many mm-hmm. modes of expression within it. But... Um, I'd never got like had a professional dominatrix. I had one of my podcasts once who whipped me awesome. on the podcast, Whoa. but what? I nah, it wasn't that great. It was, no, she's awesome. Mm-hmm. But because it was, you know, I think if you're really, I mean, I don't know, everyone's different. I don't have like an exhibitionist thing. I don't like fucking in public. Mm-hmm. Some people do. I, I can't get into that, man. It feels yeah. like. It feels like I don't want someone non consensually to see my hairy ass like sticking out of a dressing room or something. It just seems rude. But um, (laughs) this, yeah, this dominatrix uh, came up to my hotel room. She, and you know, I was like, again, like, I I think I'd really been imagining that I would be able to achieve that kind of thing that you can have with someone that you love when you're
1: mm-hmm.
2: having like having sex with a stranger mm-hmm. and because i'd never done it before so my, and it was actually a kind of experiment you know like let's see i was thinking holy shit if this works wow this will be incredible like i can it, it's gonna save so much energy <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in the sense of like dating and so anyway <laughs> yeah yeah dating makes hard. me take all my clothes off <clears throat> puts a a uh, dog collar on me and, nice. and uh and is whipping me and pulling me around the room yeah. pulls me onto the bed and then it just my face is in her ass and i'm just like it's just dawning on me that um this isn't working <laughs> this isn't really working you know I what I mean? Me. Like, uh, it's not that I'm not enjoying. I'm like trying to be. What's really weird, I think, I'm a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, oh, she- shit! You know what I mean? So I'm kind of trying to be polite. You know, even yeah. though like it's, I'm, I'm kind of thinking like abort this mission. This is not. Oh, the, this isn't really solving anything. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, but she was like whipping. She's like whipping my cock. Ooh! And it made me come.
1: Oh wow! Oh, nice. That's I mean, that's and- a pretty amazing realization.
2: Yeah. Well, I knew that. guy, I knew. I. I, he, I know. I knew. I. That honestly didn't shock me. <laughs> I thought. <laughs> that, that, well, the, the part that was like a bummer, I think, for both of us was that. Um, I mean, I don't know for her. Maybe it's just her job, or I don't know. But like, um, so, she, so, like after I come, and I'm just like. Uh, I didn't say, I mean, I wasn't complaining. I was trying to be, you know, this person is like giving like themselves to me in this bizarre way. So I felt really a lot of gratitude. I think her name was Raven. Mm, I can't remember, but, um, she wanted me to, she wanted me to like wash off the sex toys that she'd used, the whip and a few other things. She was still trying to be a dominatrix Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. after I came and like, I'm I'm just like, I just want her, I want her to go away so I could just cry and drink, you know, and like, (laughs) you know, I was being, I'm like, and I'm, I, I I think I, I think I was rude. I'm trying to, I, I was like, I don't, I'm, I don't really think I want to clean them off. You know, I don't think that's because in my mind i'm like isn't that kind of your job you know I'm, I'm paying you for this like what i have to do the clean it's like isn't that kind of similar to like asking someone to go wash their dishes at a restaurant or something like that you know like oh, shit. i mean um, you
1: are the submissive that's i guess that's her rules
2: Fuck. well no, i think in her mind think thinking of me as a typical submissive mm-hmm she was imagining that I would enjoy that. So it was probably a little bit of generosity on her part An added bonus. You get to go clean this fucking (laughs) cummy whip. And, um, so I'm like, I don't know. I don't think so. And she goes and she's like, gathers her things. And as she's walking out, she's like, she said something. I can't, I can't remember the exact words, but it really hurt my feelings. And she's walking out. She's like something like, I don't think you're really kinky. And oh. then she leaves, and <gasps> I'm <gasps> like, ah, well that hurts way worse than the whip on my cock. <laughs> that you should say that to me as your le- like a mic drop moment. Oh, you know, she's leaving. She was so, well
1: but her obviously that you weren't going yeah. to. No, that's so not fair.
2: Yeah, and you know what though, it, I should, like I I don't think I I should have you know what are you going to do though mm-hmm. with a dominatrix that you just summoned from fat life? What are you going to do? <laughs> Look. You know, my mom died a few months ago, and I'm trying to use sex as a way to avoid this sort of, yeah. like, horrible, empty void that I'm just yeah. now beginning to uh, make sense of. You, you, so I don't want to wipe the, your, the sex toys down. You, you there's not. You, they don't want to hear that shit. They've got to go to some other person and whip them. They're probably you busy, know- you know?
0: You know what though? Like I feel like the, all the because I've I've spoken to a lot of dominatrixes in my time, and I feel like a lot of them talk about what they do being a type of therapy. And I think in a lot of circumstances they probably would listen. Yeah.
2: Yes. You know what? I th- I think you're I think you're absolutely right. And and uh, for me the yeah I I think you're a lot of dom- the dominatrixes I know. I mean that's I think that's one of the cool discoveries people make if they decide yeah. to try that out is mm-hmm. that. That the you you know that there's an interesting um, the, the the you know a masseuse right a masseuse has like a lot of cool ways of applying pressure to you to make you feel better mm-hmm. and a domi- a great dominatrix is like you know uh, an expert at dialing in specific sensations that are. A lot of people consider it to be something you should avoid <laughs> but so if you're with some, a, a really talented dominatrix then you it will it will definitely cause you to revise your understanding of pain itself and yeah. what pain really is and um uh so but yeah, I just wasn't in a, a state of mind to really go deep with anybody. I think at that time, yeah, it's
1: it's hard being a dominatrix. Like nobody teaches you how; you just go off by what you see in porn and what you see in the media and in films. I, I've done a couple of dominatrix sessions myself, and. Um, I, again, only because of doing Come Curious, this podcast, was I able to be like, okay, well, what are you into? What don't you like? And really get it all out there before assuming that I'm going to take on this really fucking like harsh, I'm the boss. You have to do what I say no matter what it is kind of role. And I've done that as well in sessions before where... I have just gone, okay, I'm going to play the dominatrix and not really listen to the client. Mm. But instead, it is about listening. Everyone is so different and you can't assume just because you're the mistress and you make the rules in that moment that you make the rules for the whole thing you know you you need to ask people what they're into what what their likes are and dislikes because yeah someone might want a mistress that's very like mummy and caring and looking after but no I have a firm hand and you will suck my tit kind of thing yeah or it might just be stereotypical I'm gonna dress in latex and then I'm gonna whip your cock kind of thing. it's so different but i don't think like, yeah. enough sex workers really think about that and really learn they just play a character and that that doesn't work for everyone
2: she yeah. interviewed me before we had a margarita and i kind of it's you know easy. i kind of explained Hi. what i thought would be fun but you know yeah she started like saying shitty things to me and i was like you know i don't really <laughs> that's not my thing i don't like that like yeah. don't yell at me <laughs> the don't humiliation me thing don't, don't, like, oh. don't insult me in my own hotel room please <laughs> i don't like that i just want you to whip me not call me shitty things
0: <laughs> i love that I, I love this story though because i think it's a really you know it was it was a, a nice moment like in that really vulnerable space that you were in where you can have this kind of like sexual situation sexual relationship and kind of like learn something about yourself through it
1: yeah oh yeah
2: for sure yeah absolutely it was cool i mean i'm so glad i i'm so glad i did it i mean that's another thing is like if you have any inkling of like that you might be into some like something that is generally considered like non-traditional sex if there's some like curiosity you have you should definitely try it yeah I mean the best thing that can happen is you find out yeah that that is you like it you know and if you find out that it isn't quite what you were into then that teaches you something yeah. too you know
0: yeah for sure well, wow beautiful cool. sex tips sex tips with Duncan Trussell everyone yeah, just
2: be, don't I mean depending <laughs> on the thing like if you're curious if setting yourself on fire is gonna make you don't do that I mean like within reason obviously yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You know, of course be careful
0: wow this has been so amazing having you on the podcast thanks for literally having me literally a bit of a dream come true moment yeah. for us i think yeah well it's great meeting you and it's I, I really am i feel lucky that i got to spend some
2: time with y'all thank you thank for having you me. keep creating oh, all the you.
1: amazing stuff you are and keep teaching the world because you have a very yeah. good thank view you. of things so just thank you where can our curious fuckers find you like dish us all the deets
2: Mm. Uh, it's my well the best way is my podcast um, uh, the Duncan Trussell family hour and, uh, yes. and, and that's at my website com.
0: yeah do you know the acronyms for that is down to fuck
2: yeah that was completely unintentional Love. But yeah, that it didn't end up accidentally being that. Truly, I didn't like. I wasn't like trying to find a way to secretly say down to fuck. But it turned nice. out
1: I don't mind. I'm gonna make a podcast up like to put out a message. <laughs> oh, uh,
0: that I secretly yeah. down to fuck. <laughs> Amazing. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank, thank, thank you. you. That's hot. Whoa. Whoa, Whoa. how did that just happen? I don't know, I feel like I'm dreaming. (laughs) I know, I was in like dream state during that whole thing, just being like actually we're having a duncan trussell conversation with the duncan trussell with somebody
1: that we've followed for a long time that says like really profound shit that's helped us both with our own therapy and minds like yeah incredible so that was an absolute treat we can't believe he just he was like yeah okay i'll come on the pod it's like
0: (laughs) yeah i mean i feel like we should feel super grateful for everyone that's really supported us for this long with Fucks Given and is here listening because you guys are the reason that we were able to interview someone like Duncan Trunzel.
1: Thank you so much. We love you all every single one yeah. of your ear holes.
0: And I hope that you enjoyed that episode. And if you did, obviously share it with every everyone. Please, you know. and not just
1: like share it and send a link, like put it on your stories, put it on Twitter, mm-hmm. put it, like scream it from the rooftops. Cause that's the thing that actually helps grow the podcast. And who knows yeah. in the future, we could be doing live shows just because you've helped us grow the pod.
0: Exactly. That would be, that's the dream. the dream, getting out there. And you, you, all being in our live audience. Yeah,
1: lots of dream yes. talk this episode. You know, yeah. Speaking of dreams, if you like this episode, please like. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please rate this episode, which you now can do on Spotify. I mean, you can rate it whatever stars you like, but five star, obviously five star, oh, five star. Five um,
0: and also you can find us on our instagram at come curious where we have all the latest podcast shenanigans popping up on there we got q a's happening and like you know so you, you need to be on there just in case we're asking you for something that we're going to bring on to Foxgiving. Yeah,
1: baby if you want to keep up with our personal stuff as well please follow us on read amber x oh, yeah. and florence bark and yeah yeah i mean We'll fucking see you next Thursday if you're not watching see? us on the YouTube channel. Also, if you're listening yeah. to us, you can watch our faces do the thing and actually see what Duncan and Trussell looks like. So yeah. please go do
0: that. I actually didn't know what he looked like for a really long, yeah, time, a long and time. And I think maybe at that psychedelics conference, that was the first time I saw him. I was like, oh my God, that's the guy with the voice. Yeah, with the
1: voice. He does the thing with the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure people that have always listened to our podcast as well have yeah. no idea what we look like there will yeah. be people out there so come on YouTube see what we look like see what we're yeah. see what we're doing um, yeah
0: but yeah, anyway see you next Thursday I immediately said see you next nice. Tuesday see you next Thursday curious fuckers yeah, love you all oh, bye bye
1: crowd network a place where you belong